the, the, yeah, thanks. Thank you. Well, first you have to understand that there is, you know, this, what I'm talking about, what I just mentioned, loving God, is the highest goal, right? But not everybody is ready for that. Not everybody is ready. So there's many different processes of uh, thing, things you can do to raise your consciousness. In other words, <clears throat> what I'm saying is like grade, grade 12, right? The highest grade in school, right? Yeah. Grade 12. So, but it's, if someone's in the first grade, you can't teach them grade 12 stuff. You know what I mean? Because they don't, they haven't progressed. So, uh, Buddha's, Buddha's teachings don't include God. There's no mention of God in Buddha's teachings. It's not there yet. You see? Uh, Buddha came at a time in India when the Vedas were being used in a in a way that they weren't meant for and it was so polluted it was so corrupt <coughs> that Buddha who actually was an incarnation of God according to the Vedas Buddha came and said forget the Vedas forget the temples just follow me and because he was an incarnation of God he was very powerful so he, he basically put people like, he, he, he was attractive, very attractive to the people in general. And basically drove the Vedas out of India. And India became a Buddhist country. <coughs> so, uh, but because they were, what they were doing basically, you know, there's some sanction for meat eating in the Vedas uh, for people that are very addicted to meat. As I said, there's, you, can, you can always go up a step, you know. There's things for everybody. It's not meant for everybody, but it's meant for the people that are in very low consciousness. Uh, and but you're supposed to like when you. It's, first of all, it's not cows. It's like lower animals, not cows. But there's a mantra before you you slaughter. You're supposed to slaughter the animal yourself, you know. And there's a mantra that you say, which translated. Uh, it says. As I'm killing you now, you will come back in the future and kill me in the same way. Right? So you're supposed to say this before you, you kill the animal, right? To eat it. And eventually it's going to wake you up to what you're saying. And then you're not going to want to do it anymore. Oh shit, it's not worth it, you know? So, <clears throat> so there is some sanction for meat eating in the Vedas, right? Uh, and it's supposed to be at a certain time. Uh, prepared in a certain way, all these different things, but there is sanction for it uh, for a certain group of people. But it become it became really polluted, where people were just forgot about the rules and were just basically using the Vedas to kill animals and, and so on, like that, right? So Buddha, it just got so polluted that Buddha was just, just said, "Okay, forget about it. Okay, just follow me." And he taught people vegetarianism. He, he said, he, he, his, one of his main teaching is Ahimsa. Himsa means violence. Ahimsa means non-violence. 
to not be violent, right? So to not kill animals, to be a vegetarian. And uh, also to engage in controlling your senses and in engaging in uh, meditation, you know? So, but this was all very, this is all very, um, you know, these people aren't, aren't ready to, to serve God yet or to love God, but they're, at least they can give up eating meat and tr try to find some basic peacefulness, right? You understand? So step in the right direction, yeah. So different processes are made for different people at different times. As, as you've learned, the soul is not, doesn't just exist for 80 years or whatever, right? You exist. So when you leave, if you've, if you've made some purification in this life, you've became vegetarian, you're, you're not causing harm to other living beings, this is very good for your karmic situation. And because you're engaged in meditation, then you're in your next life, you start off from that point, you see? So your consciousness gradually gets purified in that sense until you're ready to achieve the highest goal, you see? And different, different uh, teachers came to speak to different people who are in different consciousnesses at different times. Jesus spoke to certain people right so now there's these you know this whole thing of religion is is quite a you know like a belief system it, it's not really like a it's not really of any any value really it's just like it, it's what people do that's important you know so if if a particular, if you're following a particular religion that teaches you uh, to develop habits or characteristics that are beneficial for you, then it, then it's good, right? So, uh, but you know, Jesus when he came, he said, "My." He taught the same thing that we're teaching. His first, his first, he said, my first and foremost commandment <coughs> is that you love God with your whole heart, your whole mind, your very being. He taught bhakti. He didn't teach, he didn't teach like atheism, like, well, Buddha didn't really teach atheism, but he just didn't, God wasn't involved in what he was teaching, you know? So, so it's important to kind of understand where like, you know, you, when you when you see the whole big picture, you can see where things fit in. You know, yeah. it's not really like something is useless or it's wrong. It, it's 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 kind of for particular pe persons at particular times in their in their eternal journey. You know, yeah. yeah. Like most Christians aren't ready to stop eating meat, you know? They're still in the, in the consciousness and if you, if you tell them something about not being the body, they won't understand. It's very difficult for them to understand these types of things. But at least they go to church and, you know, pay some respects once a week, you know? Yeah, so, you, yeah. <coughs> so in that sense, it's good, you know?
but in other sense, it's not so good. With a, with a misunderstanding, with a lack of understanding, comes fanaticism and comes uh, you know you you still see oh this is I am a Christian this is a Hindu and this is a Muslim so my brothers are the Christians and my enemies are the Muslims right so it comes from a lack of understanding not knowing they're not actually their body they're just temporarily born in a Muslim family <laughs> in a Muslim part of the world but they're not a Muslim they're spirit soul they're a child of God just like you're a child of God they're your brothers It comes from an, a misunderstanding, a non-understanding, you know? They, they don't understand the very first thing about spiritual practice is that you're not the body. You're not, the, you're not your country, you're not your religion. You are a spirit soul, you're part, of, you're part and parcel of God. So when people don't even understand this first basic teaching, this first basic principle, they're going to have fights due to ignorance of this, you know? So what are you going to do? You just, you know... It's like, you know, uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I thought it was going to come back, but it didn't come back. Oh, yeah, this is what I was going to say. You know, uh, generally, people like, even like the so-called religions, you know how I was saying that you must come to the point of uh, being like not interested in yourself, but interested in loving God and serving God, right? That's the goal, right? So, people have a, a particular mentality they join the religion because they think if I do this then I'll go to heaven right that's why they do it that's why they go and bomb people because they think I'm gonna go to heaven and what is their idea of heaven their idea of heaven is oh I get to enjoy better than I'm enjoying in this world I get to have sex with 72 virgins or whatever right they're thinking like they're thinking what does that have to do with God you know that has nothing to do with God it's only to do with their own happiness, their own pleasure, right? There's nothing to do with God at all. So this is still materialistic consciousness. Even though they're talking about heaven, they're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about their own pleasure. You understand? Yeah. So this is, this, we don't see them as, I don't see such a person as a spiritualist at all. A spiritualist is someone who's trying to, who, who, want, who is loving God and serving God, or at least trying to, right? Yeah. Trying to love God, trying to serve God, trying to know God, right? There's two kinds of people. There's the people that are interested in God, and there's the, the people that are interested in God's stuff, God's property. So everything that exists is God's, everything that you see around here is all God's property. It existed before we got here, it'll exist after we got here. We're just kind of using it, thinking it's ours for a little bit. But it doesn't belong to us. 
the, the stuff that makes up make up this car made up the ground before that and it's going to make up the ground again you know it's just transformed in a certain time and I'm using it but I'm going to have to even leave this body behind this body doesn't even belong to me you know <laughs> and uh, the heavenly planets they're no different they belong to God just like this car belongs to God this body belongs to God the heavenly planets be belong to God the virgins in the heavenly planets belong to God. So what are they interested in? The same thing that the person is working 24/7. You know, the person, the person at the, at the buying the porn, at the porn shop. He's interested in his own pleasure. The person who's killing people to go to heaven, to enjoy with virgins, he's doing the same thing, but just in a different way. He's trying to go. He's trying to get pleasure for himself. He has no interest in God. His interest is his own pleasure, and he uses God in order to try to get that pleasure, right? His 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 idea is, I get this play. I I do this for God, and I'm going to get paid back by living in the heavenly planet and enjoying with virgins. The person who the other the other guy the the other materialist. He works at his job to get money so he can pay for uh, the DVD at the porn shop. What's the difference? It's the same thing. It's the same me-centered, I-centered, I'm, my pleasure is what's important. The, it's the leaf, the leaf trying to get the happiness for itself. <laughs> you see? So, uh, so you say, what about other religions? As if, as if this type of mentality is anything to do with spiritual life. You know, yeah. it's not has nothing to do with spiritual life. Spiritual life is doing the difficult thing of getting out of the I-centered consciousness. It's not that easily achieved. You can't do it by joining a, a, a particular religion. You can't join it. You can't do it by shaving your head or putting orange robes on yourself. It takes time. It takes. Uh, God's mercy to change your heart from being I-centered to God-centered, you know? You, you, you can switch from being a Muslim to a Hindu to a whatever, but changing your heart is not that easy. You can't just change a label. It takes... Uh, this is the process of yoga, the process of changing your heart from being me-centered to being God-centered. And we know now we're not very God-centered, we're very I-centered. So this is why this process exists. God helps you. He wants you to come back to Him and He wants you to love Him. Because He knows you're going to be happy if you love Him. So He gives you the process to come back to Him, to love Him, you see? So whether you believe in certain some things or you don't believe in certain in, in things, uh, what you are, who you are, who you're loving, who you're living for, this is what's important. You know, it doesn't matter if you call yourself a Christian, a Muslim, or a Hindu, or whatever. You know, I used to think in terms like that, in terms of religions. I don't think in terms of religions anymore. Did you understand? Yeah. So it's not a, you know, it's not a, a matter of changing your religion. It's a matter of changing your heart and that's not so easy yeah. it's not so it's not so easy as just joining a, a group or something yeah. and 
for that we need God's help. So we pray for God's help to help us change our hearts from uh, lovers of the of His stuff to lovers of Him. Because yeah. you know? that's where we'll be really happy. Yeah. There's no happiness in the stuff. But that was uh, in uh, Denmark. Everybody is Christian. Christian. Yeah. Same with most of us. Yeah. We, we all feel the same. Yeah, uh, when I was a child, I went to the priest and asked about reincarnation, and she just laughed at me and oh, said yeah. it was a silly question. And I was just a kid who wanted to hear about it and wanted, like, wanted knowledge. Yeah. And she just, she just laughed, and I was just a little kid. It was really weird, and I really believed in reincarnation, and I always have. So I found it really ridiculous that she couldn't take that seriously. Yeah. So. You know, even in the Bible, there's hints of reincarnation. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, there's this um, somebody uh, asked Jesus. I don't remember the story that well, but somebody asked Jesus. Well, actually, he was it was Jesus's disciple, so someone who's a very very serious student of Jesus yeah. asked Jesus the question. They came up upon a blind man, and oh, yeah. and he asked, "Is this man born blind? Was he born blind because of his previous sins?" Now, this is not just some pauper on the street asking Jesus this. This is Jesus's disciple. So you know we have Jesus's words in the Bible that are, you know, <clears throat> so you know what I talked in this car ride was probably more than what Jesus taught in the Bible what, what's there in the Bible Jesus' actual words mm. right most of it is people talking about yeah. you know but actually Jesus' words Jesus is speaking right so we have you know we can only cover so much in such a, a small period of time right yeah. so you can know that if Jesus' disciple asked Jesus that question was this person born blind because of his previous sins mm. that means he has some knowledge that this that the soul existed before he was born, because how could he be born uh, blind because of previous sins if he began at his birth, right? So he must have sinned previously. He mu he must have. In other words, Jesus Jesus must have uh, taught him that people get born blind because what they did in the past yeah. so the this, this disciple is asking Jesus was this person born blind because of what happened in the past and in this in this instance Jesus said no in this case it was because my father willed it so I could heal him and then he he made him see but still yeah. the question was there yeah. right yeah. that that Jesus' disciple asked Jesus essentially the same question that you asked that lady that she laughed at you. Yeah. You know? What? Why is this person suffering? How could you suffer for something that 
you did if you if you began when you were born. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. And there's other ones too, other quotes I forgot. Yeah. So, you know, the Bible is kind of like uh, it's really politicized. You know, a lot of kings at certain times took stuff out in order to, and there was a lot of evidence of how they tried to, how they took reincarnation out because uh, people at a certain time were thinking that uh, if if they get to live, you know, they won't take Christianity that seriously because they might do it in their next life. <laughs> So they, they said, okay, we're just going to take it out of here because people are, you know. So I, I heard, I heard um, there's some evidence of that, you know, some document documented evidence of that. But I don't, I, I'm not a really an expert on the history of the Bible or anything, but it's definitely things that have been changed and taken out and yeah. twisted in order to fit people's political yeah, yeah. desires, you know. But there is still some truth there, but it's really muffled and really there's a lot of junk there as well, you know. Yeah. So this is, you know, our system is different. It's not just reading a book and except we, we find a person who's like Jesus, a person who has no desire to enjoy the world, whose only desire is to serve God and love God. This is a qualified, a bona fide guru. Mm -hmm. And we, we read scripture under the guidance of such a person who understands it. You know, so um, this is the yoga system or the Vedic system. It's not simply reading a book and trying to interpret it for yourself. It's learning. You learn it from someone who knows it, who's qualified, who's realized. You see, yeah. it's 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 a different system than. Uh, it's not the system of just actually the, the Christians. Even though they 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 say that you don't you you shouldn't have a guru, right? Mm -hmm. you, you shouldn't have a guru. You should just you know, Jesus. Jesus is there in your heart, so uh, you know you can read the gospel, and then, and that's all you need, right? Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is, is why are you telling me that if you really believe it? Because you're acting as my guru by telling me that. Yeah. So in other words, you're acting as a hypocrite. You're telling me I don't need a guru that I can just read the 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 Bible, but you know, come to my church and listen to me explain the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you, they want to act as your teacher, right? They want to be your guru. They, they want to be your teacher. Yeah. But they themselves haven't, you know, surrendered to a guru. They haven't accepted a guru. No. And they tell you that you don't need one, but at the same time, they're hypocrites because they're, yeah. they're acting as your guru. They're telling you what you need and don't need, yeah. right? Yeah. So this is hypocrisy. So we follow the system of non-hypocrisy. We follow the system of, we teach, I teach, but I don't, it's not my interpretation. I learned it from my guru. And did he make it up? No. He learned it from his guru. And was he the guy? No. He learned from his guru. So we're not hypocrites. We, we say, yes, you need a guru. You need, you need to learn from somebody who knows what they're talking about. But we're not hypocrites because we also have guru, right? We also have a teacher. So, and not just any teacher, a realized yogi, somebody who's realized what they're talking about, who knows what they're talking about from direct perception, direct experience. Yeah. Not somebody who just has some philosophy, you know? In the beginning, it's philosophy, it's just words. But at the end, or not just at the end, but 
as you go along the process, as you go along the path of yoga, you experience what's being taught. So many things that were ideas to me when I, like right now, I'm telling you things that are, that may sound interesting to you, but you don't know it, right? Mm. I was like that too. At, at some point, I didn't know. It sounded interesting. But then I experienced, you know? Mm. And then, so then, what the, the philosophy that I heard was not just philosophy, it was real, you know? I experienced, mm. I know, I know what I'm talking I know what I mean. I know what they were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at, at one point I didn't because yeah. I didn't experience yet. Yeah. You know? Like the, what I was saying with the leaf, and the, the leaf and the tree. It was an idea to me at some point. It was, it was something that, you know, the, the, leaf give, the leaf taking the water for itself doesn't make the leaf happy. But if the leaf gives it to the root, then the leaf becomes happy because yeah. it becomes nourished. Yeah. That was to me at one point an interesting concept. <laughs> but now it's reality to me. I know it's true. Yeah. I feel happy when I get to be connected to God and serve God and and yeah. do my service to God. I feel happy. It connects me to God. I love it. You know, it makes me. It gives me. It makes my heart light up with joy. Mm-hmm. I know it as an absolute fact. It's not a philosophy to me. You know, it's real. That's, that's part of it, yeah. yeah. But also, like, I do practical things. Like, we put on this retreat. We don't do it for money. We do it for because it's our service to God, yeah. you know, to, to give other people an opportunity, yeah. you know, to learn about God. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm driving this car around and I'm t- lugging all this stuff in the back. Yeah. And, you know, I'm setting up the hall. I'm setting up the gathering. I'm... Sometimes I have my regular classes every week. Those, you know, I don't get paid yeah, for that. No. I put my posters up. I go around the city putting posters up, advertising for my class. I work to get money for that. It's all connected, you know? Yeah. So everything I do is like somehow connected to, to serving God, yeah. you know? So um, when I cook food, I don't make it for myself. I cook it with the idea that I'm cooking, oh, I'm going to offer this to God. And I have a little deity, a little deity at home, a little picture of God, yeah. a little picture of Krishna. And I offer my food to Krishna before I eat it. So my, even me cooking is an offering to God, you see? Yeah. So it, what happens eventually is you start to enjoy the connection. Yeah. You know, you enjoy the connection of uh, being able to do this for God and you enjoy it more than actually eating the food itself. You know, it's something that it's, it's, it, it becomes a really wonderful, happy a source of joy in your life, you yeah. know. So, and then you realize more and more, ah, oh, actually I am not this body, I am spirit soul. Because I taste the spiritual happiness of serving God. Stuff that is actually distasteful to my mind and body actually makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like going around putting up posters and it's not a, like a, that doesn't, doesn't, you know, yeah. when you think of happiness, do you think of going around putting yeah. posters on poles? It's like, what is that? That's not happiness. But it is because I get to. It's my connection to God. You see, I get to. I feel connected to God when I do that. So uh, it brings me joy by doing it. Yeah. It's my service to God. You know, other people, different people have different services. You know, depending on what they can do and who. You know, like for example, we're having a gathering here tonight. We're having a 
um, we're putting on a, an event tonight and some people are cooking for it. Some people are going to be playing music. Yeah. Some people are going to be speaking. Uh, some people are going to be cleaning the place. Some people are going to be tidying up after. They're all doing it because it's their service, you know? So, and it's their connection to God. And that's why they like doing it. And they feel happy doing it. And, and if somebody wants to take their service away, they'll feel empty. They're like, oh, you're taking that away. I, I, this, you know, I, don't, I want that, you know? It's my connection to God. Don't take it away. So, um, so chanting is one way. But there's other ways too. Many other ways. And chanting is like, chanting is very important because it puts you into that consciousness. It, help, it, it makes it so your consciousness becomes purified, so you're able to find joy in serving God. Because right now, our consciousness is so conditioned over many, many, many lifetimes that I am the center of my life, and therefore serving God does not sound very appealing. <laughs> yeah. I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, this is the, 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 name of, the name of God is there to save you from that consciousness. So you don't actually do it. You, you just chant the name of God and then the name of God purifies your heart and brings you to that consciousness. So you don't have to struggle and worry and, and um, you don't have to be too uh, bummed out at yourself for being such a selfish person because everybody here is. But we're con we're, we have this mental groove, this mental, uh, this mental way of thinking that has been there for millions of lifetimes. It's not, you're not going to be able to fix it like that, you know, but the chanting of Krishna's names is the medicine that will help you get out of that consciousness, so it may, it may even taste, you know, sometimes you have medicine, like, you guys have heard of this disease called jaundice, jaundice is a very interesting disease, you turn all yellow, your skin turns all yellow, and, and uh, everything that, things that taste sweet, taste very bitter to your tongue. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, you feel sick and everything. And, but the cure, or, you know, you know the cure for jaundice is taking a candy and eating it, right? That's one, I think that's a cure or that's the way you're, you're able to gauge. Well, let's just say for this example, it's the cure. So you take this candy and in the beginning, the candy is like, is bitter. It doesn't taste good, right? Because you have a disease. Um, but you keep taking the candy even though it's bitter and you can see your disease is curing because the candy starts to taste more and more sweet and when the candy starts tasting sweet you know your, your disease is gone you understand? so uh, chanting Krishna's names in the beginning might be hard <laughs> it might be not very pleasurable because you have this disease of uh, Materialism, that I want, I am the center, the materialistic consciousness, so serving God, it tastes bitter, <laughs> and I don't want to do it, but I know it's good for me, so I do it, you know, <laughs> and then more and more it starts to become sweet, and that's how you know your consciousness is becoming purified, and you're, you know, so it's a matter simply of taking the medicine, not feeling guilty about what you're doing or whatever, but you just take the medicine, and apply it as best as you can and then uh, gradually your consciousness becomes purified and you become closer and closer to God in this way you see
Yeah, you should. That's what that's you know how I explained to you about reincarnation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you do you feel that you that this materialistic thing it comes to you and you feel like you're drawn to it, but then you have to be strong. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's good to be, but it's also sometimes we fail. Yeah. And because the pull of the material world is so strong. Um, that and we're very weak and we're very small, you know. So um, if we, you know, we engage in sinful activity against our against our wishes, you know, that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but that should just be a little bit more impetus for you to take the chanting more seriously, you know. Uh, but. The very fact, the, the, the thing that's really important to understand is that there's two people involved. There's you and there's Krishna. There's you and there's God. So even if you have all these, as we do, we have so many desires that are there because of our nature, because of our bodies. Um, this is a very strong pull, right? It's very strong. It's insurmountable. It's like telling a child to not play. Right? You can't tell a child, to, you ever try to tell a child not to play? It's very difficult. You know, he wants to play. He's a kid. Right? So his body is forcing him to play. Right? So you can't tell a child not to play. You know? So the body is, the body is, the, the material world, the pull of, the, of Maya, the pull of illusion is so strong that you can't overcome it. But you can overcome it if God overcomes it for you. Because he can lift you out of it, you see. So this, um, this, this uh, faith in God's love for you—that He cares about you—and that if you want to come to know Him, He will help you. He will do it for you. You see, yeah. to the to the desire that you want to know Him, He will help you come to know Him. You see. So trust and faith in God and patience is very important. But, and knowing that you can't do it on your own. You're very weak. You're very small. It's very important to understand this. Yeah. If you don't understand it now, you will. <laughs> yeah. Because this world, this, the pull of this world is so strong. But um, it's not too strong for God. God can easily lift you out of it. Yeah. You see? So uh, having this attitude of um, surrender to God, meaning surrender meaning... I know I can't do it, so I surrender to you. Please help me, because I can't do it. Yeah. You know, it's going to be very difficult. You can try to control your desires to a certain point, and you can control your desires to a certain point, but you'll find it's very difficult. Yeah. So you need to you need to have this, um, you know, this attitude towards God that He's He, he can at any point lift you out of it take you out of lift you out of the desires and what seems like an ocean to to cross now will seem like a, a little puddle to step over yeah. he can do that you know so there's a there's a book um, written by Pantanjali 
It was called Yoga Sutras. Have you heard of this book, Yoga Sutras? Did you? No. So it, it's very popular among people that... Uh, it, actually, that book made Ashtanga Yoga quite popular. In, you know, heard of Ashtanga Yoga? Anyway, uh, it's this book on yoga, written by someone, I think he lived about 800 years ago or something. And uh, he said, you know, in the Vedic system, there's, um, when something is said three times, it means it is of the utmost importance, it's very, very important. So he only said one thing three times in his book uh, describing Ashtanga Yoga called Yoga Sutras. And that was uh, Ishvara Pranidhana. This Ishvara Pranidhana means uh, surrender to the Supreme Controller. So when you know that I'm not the one in control, I can't control nature, I'm very small, I can't control my nature, I can't control my mind, uh, but you surrender to God and then He helps you. That's the only sure means of success in yoga. If you try to do it by yourself, you won't be able to. You're too weak. You're too small. And you know what the beauty the beauty about surrender to God is? True self-surrender, true true surrender is that you're not responsible anymore. <laughs> you know? If you go to leave this body and, and, and now you're going back to animal life and you say, But Krishna, I surrendered to you. I I I I knew I couldn't do it and I surrendered to you, you know. Of course it won't come to that point, but but you will know deep down that you did what you can do, you yeah, know? Yeah. I, 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 understand, I understand I'm weak and I, and I surrender to you. What can I do? Your material world is so big, it's so powerful and I'm so small. How can I overcome it? You know, how can I overcome my desires by myself? Yeah. So this attitude of self-surrender, uh, of dependence, de being dependent on God's mercy and God's love for you is... is uh, must always be there and then you'll succeed no problem so I think I recorded all this so I can send it to you if you want what? You recorded all I, I recorded all yeah. that yeah yeah did you? I think it's still recording yeah I did <laughs> so yeah, you if you like I can send it to yeah. you just get contact with me on Facebook and then I'll, I'll send you guys a lot of stuff to listen to. And especially like uh, mantras, chanting to listen to so you can, um, you know, you can have playing in your headphones or in your house. And it will it'll be of great benefit to you. You, that's what you came for, so you got it now. You got to yeah, digest it. Yeah. <laughs> and you can always write me and ask me questions if you like. So here's Central Station over here. I just don't really know how to... I'll try to park somewhere I can drop you off so you don't get too wet. It's kind of... That's the thing where the tower is over there.
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. 